0: Hi there, and welcome to JK We Are Rolling, an actual play podcast about three young wizards who attend the most prestigious wizarding school in all of Germany. My name is Michael Moore, and I am your magician master. And all that means is that I just hang out while three other people get to do all the fun stuff and mess up everything that I have planned. And that is the fun, isn't it? And speaking of those people, Let's
1: meet him now! Hello there, I am Sebastian Kinder, and I play Eric Miller, a musician-magician with a troubled past... Yeah, his family still doesn't remember who he is. I'm sure everyone is surprised at this point because nothing happened so far to make that change. But we are slowly but steadily getting closer to it. Learning more about magic is surely a way to fix the problem. And yeah, as you might guess, he's one of the troublemakers the magician master mentioned before messing up his plans.
0: Absolutely.
2: Hello, dear listeners. It's me, Lucas Fischer. And let me tell you a story about my character called Jasper Casper, who is a non <laughs> from the non magical world. And he is. <laughs> Stop it, Mike. <laughs> Hi, guys. It's Lucas Fischer. I play Jesper Casper, a human from the non magical world. And all that he wants is trying to find a place to belong. And I'm sure that we can help him. <laughs> Spot on. Smooth.
3: Hey, friends. I'm Nadine Kuhn, and I play Cecily Mary Nature Spring. She's a pixie elf and an arcane sciences mage, and she created accidentally for herself wings, which are beautiful, but unfortunately they don't work, so we have to figure that out as well.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Well, it will come as no surprise to you three that I have a question for you, and it's a question that we previously discussed, so you have no excuses. In our bonus episode, which you should listen to, released it three weeks ago. We were asked what the characters' favorite movies were, and we didn't get around to answering that. So I will ask you now, what are Eric and Jasper and Sasley's favorite movies? I, I
1: seriously had to, to mull a few movies over because I was thinking, hmm, do the Wizards... In the wizarding world, actually watch the same movies as the people in the non magical world? I kind of guess yes, because I in think other they're like cases. aware
0: of them. They maybe don't like go to the movie theater and see them all the time, but I think like they would have an awareness that, you know, you might, you probably saw some movies. They also
3: have like, they also have a wizard Hollywood.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: you always have like the magicians saying, oh, hasta la vista, baby.
0: I'm just laughing that it's the same movies, but just a wizard version, <laughs> it's like yeah. the magical Terminator. Like it's just always. But what
2: movie. would it be like? Would
0: it be like Simsalabim, <laughs> baby? And for the Wizard of Oz, oh, yeah. they're just like the actual, for real Wizard of Oz. Yeah,
3: and, and the movie <laughs> Merlin is called. Ross
1: <laughs> in every movie that's kind of connected to music ross erinman has to have the cameo he's
0: very highly paid good looking guy
1: that's the reason why he isn't around now all we know the time. What he's doing while all that stuff is happening
0: he's an actor
1: <laughs> okay uh back back to the question I was thinking about a a big movie, but in the end, I kind of stuck with a short movie. It's what I I find the most fitting. Uh, In German, it's Der Vogelschreck. In English, it's For the Birds. It's a one short movie from Pixar where you have all those little birds sitting up on the telephone line. With the big blue bird flying in between. Uh, exactly that one. No, that's yeah. that stuck I with remember. him. He can't help himself. That's one thing that's stuck with him. He loves it to bits. Because he imagines this big blue bird is just Tilly. Mocking all the other birds who first mocked her.
3: Oh, Tilly is a troubled little pet. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have enough questions for the next
1: question round. <laughs> so, Eric, how is your life doing? How is the bird holding up? I
2: mean, I mean, what is Jasper's life? I mean, I'm not going to lie, guys. He's more of a family guy. If if I had to, to, you know, pin it down.
3: You can go into a movie theater with a family. It's not a problem. <laughs>
2: No but I think that Jasper, the, the way that he he chooses a favorite movie is probably because of something that he can you know identify with and um then one day Disney decided to bring back Pixar animations together with uh, you know princess movies and then there was this film called Tangled which she kind of felt curious for because you know she also Rapunzel is a girl isolated from the world that she thinks she might belongs to actually instead of being in the in the tower all the time and um although jasper's mother is kind of nice not the way gothel is in the (laughs) movie he always felt that need to you know to reach for the stars in his way like to find us find something to actually belong to and yeah but if you have to ask him, I think he probably identifies more with Pascal than with Rapunzel, just so you know.
3: Actually, I wanted to say that it's, that was so cute because like, oh, poor Jasper. He's like, Rapunzel is who I am. I feel like so connected to her. <coughs> and then I thought in my like in my little head, I was like, well, then Jasper would be Pascal. She would be like, no, one punish that guy.
2: <laughs> but, you know, you kind of get the bridge now because jasper got his very own pascal called wilbur
3: yeah but then you have to be rapunzel you get it right because if you, are <laughs> you can't be Papa pascal and then wilbur no i'm pascal really wilbur's pascal me. and sassie pascal <laughs> Just so we get it. and eric is rapunzel and
0: now we have the team together <laughs> and the guy who makes our our art of course is also pascal his <laughs> name is actually pascal that's real that's true i feel like jasper has
3: like a split personality and I thought that from episode one, and that is what it proves now.
2: <laughs> That's why he lets his hair grow, because he wants to look like a Rapunzel.
3: Exactly, and his beautiful thick hair. So in the Pixie Shire, there's actually no television. <gasps> so um, Desley does not have a television or like a movie theater around.
0: But did she sneak out once and like go, get to see a movie? Ooh. No,
3: she she does sneak out every now and then because she uses the internet cafe close by. Because that's how, that's actually how she figured out how to apply to Neudrachenberg. That's true. But that's for a different. That's a different story. If you ever want to know about that, ask me. So that's the closest she gets to like a screen. But I think she would be super into it. You know, she would be like. Sitting super close with her nose to the television and being super impressed with what's happening and going on. And I think if she ever has access to a television, she would watch it 24 hours.
0: (laughs) And what do you think would be Sassily's favorite? Like, what's a movie that she would be obsessed with? The Birds.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh I might have an idea. It's a movie about an elephant who would like to fly. Oh, my gosh.
3: That is such a good suggestion, Sebastian. Accurate. Yes. She would love Dumbo. Hmm. Dumbo is a thing that she would love. She would be. How like, would
0: she feel about the pink elephants on parade scene?
3: That would be scary, I think.
0: Scary for anybody. But also
3: intriguing. And I also don't know if she would understand it. I don't even understand <laughs> that scene. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on there. True, true. But yeah. Dumbo's actually cute. It's cute. It's also a little tragic, a little sad. And um, yeah, afterwards she would probably also fight for elephants. Well, <laughs> um, freedom. <laughs> freedom for the elephants. But I also
4: need that magical feather that makes me fly.
2: Maybe we have something in in, in you
0: know.
3: <laughs> yeah, give her, try to give down. her a feather. Show
0: try her to Dumbo, give her a feather. She would
3: totally jump off a cliff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, I think those are all great Excellent choices, in fact. Better than great. Excellent, I would say. But, meanwhile, our characters, Eric, Sassley, and Jasper, have had a strange night. A very odd night filled with visions and dreams of varying different degrees of weird. Without much further ado, let's begin this next episode of J.K. We're Rolling. Last time on J.K. We're rolling. With a half-giant Ysselva bound in a ritual circle, the Shieldless found themselves with a few moments alone with the Mage Prince. They asked him important questions, like why couldn't they move the desk in their room, and where he purchased his clothing in his size. But as they asked about why he left Mildred eight years ago, if he loved her, Mildred herself returned with potions enough to heal up the entire battered, bruised, and poisoned group. Yazedva confessed he'd been trying to return to the castle for years to talk to Mildred, but had been blocked from returning by Ross Ehrenmann. This year, however, the defenses of the castle dropped for a moment during the shield naming ceremony, giving him a way in. He promised he had nothing to do with the attacking shadow creatures, and the group seemed to believe him. He also offered some information about the touchstones, which he created. The blue touchstones were made for the cult, the Einheitserren, who had pretended to be an exclusive bank but they had been tampered to work over long distances now and are likely attuned to the defenses of Neudrachenberg itself. Even worse, the blue stones are a set of four, meaning that three stones are unaccounted for. The group eventually convinced Mildred to trust Yazerdva and lend him her car so that he could send back any information he discovered about the cult. Yazerdva left in salamander form, and the group went to bed. That night, however, the shieldless received strange dreams. Eric dreamed of his home, turning into a terror-filled place, and a monstrous Tilly the cockatiel attacking him. Jasper flew through a desolate landscape until landing in a dark, formless place where his identity was lost. Meanwhile, Sassy dreamed of a majestic royal court filled with ancient elves. She only awoke when the woman next to her called her Perta a name that seems to haunt her. Now, The group awakens from dreams of terror or wonder to a new day in the castle of wonder and mystery. The bells are ringing! It's a new week in Neutrachenberg, and who knows what might happen. New adventures, spells, friends, and loose acquaintances wait just around every corner. But here in the shieldless common room, three young students awaken from haunting dreams. Although some were more creepy haunting than others. Eric's dreams had turned dark and violent as a caca terror with razor-sharp teeth chased him down. Jasper found himself in a dark, isolated place, losing track of his identity until floating into a dark, black abyss. Meanwhile, Sassli had a vision of ancient winged elves where she sat in a splendid throne room until an elf turned to her and called her Perte. You all awaken with a start. It's morning in Neudrachenberg." Jasper actually,
2: although he is awake, he didn't move at all yet. He kind of laid in bed, staring at the ceiling. Yeah, nothing seems like getting his attention. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult for me to describe what's going on because he's so much into himself
1: right now. Very well. Then let me shake that up in that room. <clears throat> yeah, you, you know the classic if someone has a really bad dream in a movie and like sits straight up in their bed? That's exactly what Eric is doing. Just accompanied with a little scream. Wait, I try not to overload my mic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You overloaded it. It didn't even make sound. I I know, it
1: didn't make any sound. I was like, did he do something? (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Let me try again.
0: It's a parrot. Oh, his spirit animal.
3: Sassily wakes up and she's like, (gasps) Holy peanut. And she gets up and she goes straight to the books. She remembers that she had them. She had the book Understanding the Great Hunt. And she's like
4: going through the books. She's like, there's something I remembered. Perster, Perster, what is, what is that Perster? And she's just like going through it. And then she finds the text
3: and she's like, there it is. I got it. And then she grabs it and she runs into the, into the living room area. And she's like, guys, guys.
4: Get out of bed. I have to tell you something. Guys, are you still asleep? Guys, it is important. Guys?
1: Eric still sits on the bed.
4: Eric, are you still sitting on the bed? Come out!
1: (laughs) Breathing very deep, trying to get one, two, three little tears out of his face that started to, to run, shaking his head. Before, he goes to the door, not really taking a look at Jasper in the moment, opening up, looking out.
4: What? Great, you're awake. Come out. Come into the living room. I need to tell you something. Uh, What? Uh, Jasper, is he awake? Is he alive?
2: uh, Jasper doesn't react at all. Uh, He's still lying there, looking at the ceiling, not doing anything, not saying anything, just looking straight at the ceiling.
3: Okay. Um, Cecily bursts into
4: the room. She's like, all right, guys, I see you have it more comfortable here. I just come into your room. So she jumps on Jasper's bed. She's like, all right. I had the craziest dream and there was something about wings and about fairies. But the most important thing is someone said the name Perchta, like to me. And I was like, where did I hear that name? And I was wondering and going through my head. I was going so deep. And then I remembered, I read it in a book. Don't ask me where I got it. It's a long story, but I have it right here. Look. And she goes to the book and she has this passage that says, are you guys awake? Okay. Perchta is connected to the Great Hunt. There's a name heard when we speak of the Great Hunt. Less and less, but once it was often whispered in dark circles when the Great Hunt nears October. And guys, it is almost October. Anyway, Perta Perchta. The name has regional variants, but it can be assured it's a myth, legend, creature, whatever it may be, holds a strong association with the Great Hunt. It is even whispered Perchter may lead the hunt or participate. It is surely a name that has inspired fear, for it seems that historians to date have been hard pressed to record much of consequences about it. And as the years have passed, one wonders, who or what was Perchta Does it still lurk in the shadows or ride on the wind when the great hunt is afoot? So guys, what I was thinking, when I dreamt, dreamed about it and I read it, I was thinking, is Pashta doing the great hunt again? Is she like hunting for people? Is she, tri- is she or he or whatever the reason that Flip is gone? What happened?
0: Sassly and Eric, you can both roll me a world lore. Thirteen. That's a bookishness roll or just a roll the dice. It's a bookishness roll, um, and if you have a bonus to world lore, you can add that as well.
1: Bonus! Oh, nice. Ha! That's good. <laughs> yeah, minus one, but I got a 13 in that case as well.
0: Okay, two 13s. That's fine. It's not going to get you any special information about the Great Hunt, but as members of the magical community, you might have heard about the Great Hunt. It happens around the same time as the non-magical holiday of Halloween similar time frame. It's not something that people tend to worry about that much nowadays, but you might have heard, like, yeah, there's definitely more shadow creatures around in October, and this is kind of why humans dress up as shadow creatures around Halloween. You know, this is the old legend. If you, if you dress like one of these shadow creatures, they won't harm you. Obviously, it's been quite a while since this has been a big issue, largely due to the efforts of the people in the USAve Save Accords, all, all the uh, nationalities of these accords kind of uh, keeping the dangerous things away from the non-magical community. But you might know that there tend to be more shadow creatures around that time of year, and that's somehow tied to the Great Hunt. This used to be the holiday for that time of year.
1: Eric is like still standing in the doll frame. Trying to adapt all the things that just got dumped all over his head to be information overload. Um, moment, pardon. I, I, just, I just need to, to, um, to get into my mind again. You want me to repeat it? Uh, Jasper? Hmm? Are you there? Am I? Okay, granted you're answering, so I take that as a yes. You had a strange dream, Cecily?
4: No, it was actually beautiful. There were a lot of fairies and a lot of wings, and I wish I would have never woken up. But then someone touched my shoulder and looked at me and said Perchter to me. And that name rang a bell. And then I remembered I had a book that was called Elfenreich in ancient time. And I was always curious about how to to figure out how to fly. And it said at some part... Elves were once winged, and sisters were once fair. The night that caused the sorrowful loss is called Perchter's Tear. And that is what I remembered. That I, I, I remembered that, 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 that name. And then I remember that I read something in the other book, and now we just have to figure it out.
1: All right. Um, do you you had an unusual dream, yes? Me? You, you could call it unusual.
4: I call it the beautiful, wonderful dream. And it's not unusual. I dream about flying all the time, actually. Mm-hmm.
1: I had a horrible dream.
4: Yeah, I was thinking you were in a coma because you didn't answer for quite a while.
1: Just out of curiosity, what did you dream? Well, I I was flying through the air.
4: You also had a wonderful dream. You were flying as well.
1: <sighs> yes. And and then all,
2: all of a sudden, I just went into nothing and then... Uh, I was nothing. I wa- there was nothing. I miss my parents. Oh my.
4: <sighs> what did you dream, Eric? You seem very upset. What did you dream? You both are very quiet. I cannot solve this problem when you're so quiet.
1: <sighs> I dreamed I was back home. Oh, that's a nightmare. I dreamed that you both came to visit, which was actually pretty nice. And all of a sudden, things got dark. And and, and I, had a, I had a little bird back then, but she she grew bigger, monstrous, and attacked me. And it wasn't really singing, but more speaking, and a very... <sighs> yeah, no, it, it wasn't a good dream, not at all.
4: Okay, your dreams are actually not giving me any information, so let's try to figure out this Perchter thing. I wonder, because I remember that in Germany... There's this fairy tale about Frau Holle. Do you know that fairy tale?
2: Oh, Frau Holle, it's one of my favorite.
4: Maybe that's why you dreamed about everything. I don't know, maybe everything is connected. But Frau Holle is bringing good luck and she's also bringing the bad stuff if someone is lazy. She rewards people, but she also punishes people. And I wonder if there's a connection between Frau Holle and Perchta because I remember, but I don't really remember well, that my grandparents talked about Frau Holle and Perchter once, but it's so long ago, I cannot put it together. Mm. It sounds like you had nightmares, and nightmares is actually a punishment, I think. I think you guys need a little punishment. No, never mind. Well, I just, maybe you need a little punishment for anything. Wait, wait, do you think Frau Holle hates me? No, I think Perchta might have a problem with you. Anyways, I just think, I just think nightmares are a punishment, and the Alps in German, Nightmare means Albtraum, and a short version would be Alp. I really don't know. This is all something that's just hanging in my mind, and I just really need to put it together, and I'm also very hungry. Oh, so do you think. Oh, I'm hungry too. Great. I think I'd pack this all and go to Mildred and ask her about that. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, how about we just go to the, to the, to the cafeteria? We can stop on the way. We can stop on the way, but I really need to put this together. Do you think we should go to Mildred about that?
1: Sure thing. Why not?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that in this moment, Jesper he he gets up, but um, still kind of by his own, and um, you know, not talking to Eric or, or Cesley, but just participating in anything that the 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 next
1: further action would be. Getting ready. The punishment sentence just shot me out of the sky. <laughs> And Eric as well, brutally.
0: (laughs) You were a bad boy. Naughty, naughty. So the three of you get ready for the day. You put your school robes on, and as you are about to leave to go to the cafeteria, there's a knock on the door. Hey, hey. Meldo!
2: Good morning, Miss Mulberry. Meldo, come in.
0: Yeah, she comes in looking over her shoulder and closes the door behind her without asking because, if you recall... The room looks like an absolute disaster, and she doesn't want anyone to see that.
1: Still a battlefield as far as I remember.
0: (laughs) Hey, Peanuts, how is everybody this morning? We look... we look... rough. Okay, you guys don't look great, but that's okay. We don't have much time. Ross Ehrenmann has called a school assembly, and um, I don't know what it's about. I need to take you to the Grand Hall right away, but, um, uh, maybe we should try to clean up in here first with whatever time we have left.
4: Why? Do you think he's gonna come in? I don't think he
1: minds. Well, it would be a good idea to at least tidy it up. It's not so that we have problems because of destruction of school property or something like that.
2: Oh, Miss Mulberry, do you
4: think
0: he's going to punish us just like Frau Holle did?
4: Ow, holla. He could just give us a normal room like everyone else. Oh yeah, I want a window!
0: Yeah, okay, we'll look into getting you guys a room with a window. <laughs> Thank you. That probably won't mess with anybody's plans if you guys change rooms.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What a
0: shame. I told
4: you, it's the furniture. There's something with the furniture. It we can't take the furniture. the
0: furniture with us. <laughs> okay, you guys, let's, uh, let's try to clean up in here. Are you guys gonna help her? Because she's gonna try to get things in order in case anybody just looks into your room and like sees that.
1: Of course, of course, Eric is going. Yeah,
2: Jesper, Jespa is going to to act like very depressed the whole time. So every time he picks up anything that got destroyed, maybe maybe uh, some a piece of a chair, he looks at it and he's like, <sighs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Are you going to? So leave me? everybody roll, and I'll also roll for Mildred. A pure luck roll for cleaning. Just, like, were there enough carpets to cover the holes in the ground? Were you able to, like, get enough furniture that wasn't destroyed into, like, places that make it look not so bad? So give me a pure luck roll. With a d20? Uh, Using a d20, yeah. I
1: give you a 14.
0: Okay.
3: 11. 11 too!
0: Nice. And Mildred rolled a 19. So (gasps) pretty darn good. She's, like, making water appear on the ground. She's wiping away the scorch marks using uh, some magic. She's electrifying her razor even. Uh, she's electrifying <coughs> her wand even sometimes to just kind of, like, get rid of some, like, like smooth over some cracked pieces of stone.
4: Wow, that's smooth, Meldo. That's smooth. I need to learn that.
0: Thank you, thank you. That's why they call me Smooth Mildo, you know?
4: It's good that there's no water left, like with electricity. It doesn't make sense.
0: Well, when you're an accomplished wizard like myself, you actually think about those sorts of things beforehand. Ah, uh, clever. So, uh, you guys get the, the carpets in just the right place. You shove the beaten up furniture into the unused bedroom. You know, there's one bedroom that none of you sleep in. Uh, No, there's two bedrooms that none of you sleep in. You put the furniture into those rooms. You pull out furniture that looks a little nicer and you turn the couch Just at that angle where you can't see the arm that's been burned off. And uh, Mildred produces some duct tape that she uses to (laughs) cover it over and make it look not quite as bad. And this room is pretty beaten up anyway. It's like, oh, maybe it was like that before. You know, no one took care of this room for a long time.
1: No one will ever know.
0: No one will ever know. Maybe. So you all successfully clean your room. And Mildred turns to you three and she says, Hey, by the way, I've moved the mug enchantment back to my room. Now that the touchstone is attuned to my mug, I thought it wouldn't make sense for it to be on this room for practical reasons because only the person with the touchstone or the mug can enter. So if any of the three of you ever needed to enter privately, you could just get locked out of your room. It might be a problem. However, I will offer this. If you ever. Have something you need to keep safe. You can keep it in my room. And here. And she offers the touchstone to Jasper, who seems particularly down today. The yellow touchstone. Okay. And she says, I will give you a permanent key to my room. Only the mug or this touchstone will let someone in. No more secret rituals. No more sneaking into my room.
4: No, no, we can just go officially.
2: That's actually nice.
0: No more secrets. No more secrets. Okay?
2: And you want me to have it?
0: Well, I think one of you should carry it. And, uh, yes, since you were so bold to enter before without a key, I thought I would give you this gesture.
2: Oh, that, that, Miss Mulberry,
4: makes sense. (laughs) Sometimes an adventure pays off, you know. Thank
0: you very much. Mm -hmm. So uh, Jasper receives the touchstone. It's buzzing because Mildred, of course, has her mug in the room with her. And you will now always be able to tell if you want to, if Mildred is nearby or not, probably, unless she doesn't have her mug on her.
2: So she can't sneak up on us.
0: Okay, unless there's anything else, then let's get on our way.
4: I have something to say. Sure thing. I just had a dream, a beautiful dream, and then at some point, someone touched my, my shoulder and said Perchter to me.
0: That's, that's beautiful, Sassily. Thank you for sharing with the class. Okay, you guys ready to go?
4: Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not even done yet. <laughs> so, I was wondering, what about this Perchter person? It's connected to The Great Hunt. I read a lot about it, but I don't understand.
0: The Great Hunt. Well, I know what The Great Hunt is. Um... That's Yeah, that's when the, the shadow creatures uh, from the shadow realm, typically in fall, they have an easier time getting into the material realm. So then they would come over and, uh, you know, it used to be a big problem that wizards had to fight them off. Um, but but
4: what, 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 did, what do they want to do? What, 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 what are they hunting?
0: Well, there's... To me. I mean, I'm not the best person to talk about this with. There's other people who know more, but. Uh, like who? Well, I think uh, Peggy Sheffin. She knows a lot about creatures. Mm-hmm. Probably, actually, Loris Fulivre. He knows a lot about history. He's a good person to ask about the Great Hunt. Oh, I find him quite exhausting. And, I'll be honest, Ross Ehrenmann. He is very knowledgeable. Uh, you know, obviously. I've, you know, got a lot of information about item creation and creating magical items and rituals, but this isn't my my forte. But, yeah, I can tell you that there's definitely some main denizens of the, you know, some some main residents of the Shadow Realm, uh, scary beings who live there and make it their home, and they used to be the arch enemies of the kind of, I I believe they're called mausoleen. Yes, Uh, the mausoleen, who are the tree spirits of the material realm. They were the original main residents of the material realm long ago, before humans were so numerous. Obviously, they have the biggest population now. Uh, Those two used to be enemies. Uh, I, I believe that was the origin of the great hunt these shadow creatures would come and hunt the material realm creatures. I need to talk to Peggy Sheffin.
4: Thank you so much. That was really helpful. Someone else want to share anything?
2: You know what? In our world, where I'm from, during the great hunt, we always
0: hunt candy from elderly people. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Cecily stares at stares at Jasper, and she's like, "For what reason?"
0: Roll, roll for Werther's originals. See if see if Mildred has any Werther's originals on her. She's old enough; she might have some random Werther's originals. <laughs> Do you
1: want me to roll?
0: <laughs> yeah, if you want, I'll offer you that.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: You brought it up. <laughs> this is a a roll that that was originally done on not another Dungeons and Dragons podcast, uh, and I believe was also done on horizons point recently when you meet an old person and you ask for where there's originals you do get to roll to see if they have where there's originals and it's a 16 oh she pulls out a single where there's original and she says like this (laughs) (laughs) yes
2: can can just can i actually grab for it yeah absolutely (laughs) oh yeah i easily grab for it and then i look at the stone look at her well
0: you're lucky you got me this so otherwise i had to trick you I think I've had enough tricks for the rest of my time here this school year. <laughs> yeah, all right, let's go. Let's get on our way. <laughs> let's go. The four of you leave your room and you head towards the Grand Hall. The Grand Hall is also the dining hall. As you enter, they have like some bread rolls and stuff out front that you can grab as, as a snack. Uh, they know this is normally breakfast time, but uh, today, as you enter, you see the Grand Hall has been magically transformed. The dining tables are gone, and instead, the room is stacked with risers that hold rows of seats. The rows of seats stretch higher and higher as they get towards the back of the room, like a grand movie theater. The seats have columns of color from back to front, red, green, blue. Great. <laughs> Where's gray? On the raised part of the room at the front, where the teachers usually sit, you see a podium which Ross Ehrenmann stands behind. He is turned, quietly talking to a man and a woman you do not recognize. Further behind them stand another man and woman. The other teachers sit on chairs on the side of the room, not on the raised stage, but closer to the stage than the risers, which the students sit on. It's the kind of between. Mildred looks at you, three, and she says, well, I gotta join the other teachers. I'll see you kiddos later, okay? And hey, Try not to get into any mischief today. All right, maybe we take a relaxed day to recover.
1: You got it, Mildo. It, it's all right, but just wondering, where should we sit there? Everybody roll
0: investigation.
2: Everybody. Oh, what was investigation? Bookishness?
1: Bookishness, I guess.
3: <laughs> oh, back to the original. <laughs> It's it's a two.
2: Two, you know. After after the candy and after the touchstone, this is going to be my day. Mm-hmm. It's a nineteen. You
3: missed it. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I offer a ten. Okay. Well, it is Jasper who, with an eagle eye, sees at the very back of the green section of the seating, someone has hung up a, a sign just on like an eight and a half by eleven piece of white paper that has plus. <laughs> shield less <laughs> wow and that the less is like capital l-e-s-s and under the sign sit leela newton and tylo oh so they have made a little reserved section <laughs> for you inside of bear shield <laughs> oh cute as you see leela uh she she tries to wave at you but she's not tall enough she Elbows, Tylo, who then stands up and waves at you guys to come over.
3: And Cecily turns around; she's like looking like into the bag, and she's like,
0: <laughs> "What is he doing?" <laughs> yeah, with <laughs> <laughs> with the two, you don't even recognize that's Tylo. You're just like, "That guy's tall."
1: <laughs> guys, guys, we can sit next to our friends. Let's go! Oh
4: yeah. Right. Leela! Leela! Oh, it's your girlfriend. <gasps> Let's go. And Sassy runs.
2: <laughs> Leela, it's your boyfriend here, Liz! <laughs> she saw
0: okay, you. So <laughs> you
4: don't have to yell. <laughs> you
0: guys head up. You make your way. You know, obviously there's students filing in to get to their seats in their different areas. And you take a sit next to Leela, Newton, and Tylo. Hey, hey guys, how you doing? Uh, nice to see y'all. Hello. Hope you don't mind. We, we saved y'all some seats. Good good
1: morning. Ah, uh, a little bit of of a rough night. Uh, a little bit less sleep. But he had a nightmare. But ah, uh, uh, thank you for the seats. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, bro.
4: He also had a nightmare.
0: Oh, uh, I I hear you, man. I hear you. I still have a headache from those math riddles yesterday. Jeez.
3: And Cecily looks at him. And then she looks away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you guys do remember that Tyler was the one who actually solved his group's math puzzles. Uh, and, and they also got a point yesterday and got a reduced too. So good job, them. Well, I can't wait to uh, see what this is all about. And you guys take a seat next to them. And for the first time, you take a good look at the people on the raised platform at the front of the room. The woman Ross is talking to... Newton will nudge Sassley and he'll say, "Hey, Sassley. I think that's a councilwoman. Councilwoman Karangar. I know cuz my she visits the school every now and then when when council come and like see how things are going here and, you know, cuz my mom anyway, sometimes I'm around. But that's a pretty big deal. There's only eight council people, so I wonder what they're doing here.
4: Oh, you think like there's trouble going on. I mean, other than that flip disappeared, no
0: ten. I would guess this has something to do with that. Let's see. But he's the only one who would who would kind of know. The others also just listen and and nod as he talks about that. So the woman that he has pointed out to you, uh councilwoman Karangar, she is a tall, almost stork-like woman. She has gray hair in a neat, efficient cut. And is smartly dressed. A necklace and matching earrings with subtle pearls inlaid. A heavy purple coat over a business-like outfit. Sensible heels. Next to her is a broad-shouldered man, powerfully built with close-cut hair. He's wearing a suit. In fact, he is a suit. Everything about him screams that he is in some sort of government service. You've definitely never seen him before, but he does look vaguely familiar for some reason. And these are the two that are talking to Ross Annenmann. The couple standing nervously behind those three also looks somehow familiar. The man wears tweed pants and a white button-up. He's rather short and sports a mustache. He gives off heavy dad energy and is clearly out of his element. The woman next to him is slightly taller with bold features. She wears an understated dress and sneakers. Neither look well-rested and both look red-eyed.
4: I wonder if these are Flip's parents. I mean, it's about time that they show up and that they like say something to those people here. They didn't take care of the son very well.
1: Uh, we shall see,
0: I wonder. Yeah, I can't wait to see what this is all about seems to be very important, given that we are all here. Mm Mm-hmm. Magically amplified, Ross's voice floats to your ears. As you see the last of the students filing in and being seated, the doors shut, and the assembly grows quiet. Ross says, There have been trespassers on this ground who should not have been able to be here. And he pauses. Creatures of shadow with malicious intent. Your safety has been put to question, and more importantly, one of our own has gone missing. Do not think that we, the faculty of Neudrachenberg, are standing idly by. I know that each of my colleagues is working hard to keep you safe, as am I, amidst the often tumultuous beginning of a new school year. That one might have been directed at you three, and your thoughts return to the library. (coughs) We are determined that the school year will run according to plan. Still, you might see some new faces around Neutrachenberg this week. As we look into the disappearance of Flip McCool, some of you may be approached by our own councilwoman, Karangar. And he motions to the councilwoman. Or our international investigators. And he motions to the man on his other side. These people are only here to help and shed light on our situation. So I trust you will act with the utmost intent to be helpful, insightful, and respectful. He gestures to the couple behind him. Mr. and Mrs. McCool will also be on the grounds this week. I knew it. To provide context to any information we might find out about Flip. Let's be sure they feel as welcome on our grounds as possible. He takes a step back. He seems to breathe for a moment and then nods at the couple who walk shakily towards the mic. Their unmagnified voices seem small and swallowed in the large hall, but you can still hear them. Uh, hi there. I'm Franklin McCool. And, uh, I'm Donna McCool, and we just want to thank you for all your help. Yeah, uh, look, if anyone has seen or heard anything about our, uh, our son, Flip, please. There's nothing too small. We'd be happy for any information you have. Bless you all. Thank you. The couple walks back to where they were standing before, and Ross, once again, takes up the podium. Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. McCool. It's our deepest honor to host you while you remain here. He then addresses the audience of students once more. For the time being, you can all return to your classes. We'll let you know if we need anything else, and always, feel free to approach a faculty member or myself if you have any questions or concerns about your time here in Neudrachenberg or your safety. Thank you." And then, as if it's an afterthought, he says, Oh, could… And he reads from a paper on the podium, although he obviously doesn't need to, Jasper Casper Eric Miller and Sassley Mary Nature Spring come to my office after assembly. Uh You hear a Brock-like voice snicker. Mary. (laughs) Thank you. Sure, no problem.
4: And she raises a thumb up. (laughs) (laughs) Sassley,
0: that is not the (laughs) time. (laughs) sasley's voice echoes out over the silence of the crowd (laughs) as students turn to look back at the three of you (laughs) eric is just sitting there like slightly waving Uh,
2: sorry guys sorry (laughs) by the way
1: that's eric
2: remember
0: him (laughs) eric eric
1: smiles a little bit towards Mm. jasper for that (laughs) <laughs> Maybe they're p-
0: potential friends Everybody turns back around to look at, uh, at Ross Ehrenmann as he says You are dismissed A hum of voices fills the room As students begin to make their way out And back to their classes Leela turns to the three of you and says well, What do you think that was all about? I have no idea at all Not in the slightest Well we got here with him I don't like the look of that aging guy
1: Well I think we'll need to get used to that For a little bit of time mm. Strange feeling, but we can't do really anything about that right now.
4: It's actually good. I have a lot of questions. And when we're in his office,
0: I can actually ask him stuff. Yeah, totally. Like, get to the whole point of magic, man. Like, 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 dig into it. You know what I mean? Sounds like you three got on the wrong side of the law, but now's the time to open it up wide. Wow.
4: I go already downstairs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know...
2: I don't understand
1: him at all, but I like him.
4: Yeah, give him a bread roll. That makes you be closer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe he likes Nutella.
1: <laughs> the question is, who doesn't?
0: Good question.
1: <laughs> uh, Eric looks at the three again, stops at Leela for a second. Um, uh, Thank you again for the seats. Really appreciate it.
0: Hey, no problem. You know, it's like we said. Uh, Our shield is, is your shield. Like, any time... Thank you.
1: Love is
4: in the air. Ooh, ooh. Love is in the air. Are you coming, guys?
2: <laughs> Cecily, do you think that this is the time
1: they maybe
4: kiss? No. <laughs> He's too ashamed.
1: The well, matter of fact that they're having this conversation in eardrop drop range of both Leela and Eric. It doesn't help the situation in the slightest. I'll roll to see if, if
0: Leela overhears it. <laughs> she heard Eric kiss time <laughs> and she goes, ha, 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 ha. hey, guys, you <laughs> maybe we should grab some bread rolls on our way out, right? And Newton's like, yeah, I'm actually starving and we have to get ready for our next magical creatures class.
1: Very well. um, See you later. I guess we have to go somewhere. Uh, right now?
0: Hey, good luck, you guys. Whew. Yep. See ya.
4: Bye, Norton. Thank
0: you. So, yeah, as, as all the other students filter out, you guys are also kind of forced to filter out of the room. You don't really get to see Mildred. She's off to her own duties, and you are left outside of the, of the Grand Hall. But uh, luckily, one of you does know where Ross Ehrenmann's office is.
4: Follow me, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How do you know?
4: Well... A little pixie elf knows its way around. (laughs) Um.
0: (laughs) So you all can follow Sassley up a couple flights of stairs, down a long hallway, past the gymnasium, past some other professor housing, and to the heavy wooden door inlaid with golden designs. That is Ross Ehrenmann's office with a little name plaque on the front. Director of Magic, Ross Ehrenmann. I'm going to knock...
1: Yeah, you're good
4: with doors, you should do
0: it. Okay, you hear a voice from the inside. Come in. And I open the door. Okay, you enter the room. And as you enter the heavy wooden door, you are hit by the scent of sandalwood and wood oil, like the kind that you would use to clean an instrument, for instance. Okay, that feels good. You enter a vaguely triangular room, although it's technically a trapezoid because the back wall is flat and features a large, beautiful window. It is clear, but has intricate designs wrought into a dark metal that weaves throughout it. Two smaller openable windows are high up on either side of it. Windows that you know were used around eight years ago by a certain salamander. (laughs) A large, beautiful, and rather high sitting desk, semicircular in shape, is featured in the middle of the room. Papers, a few picture frames, and a wooden carving of an eagle sit on the desk. The walls are covered in ever-changing patterns of blue, red, and green, interwoven with gold threading. Here in the heart of Neudrachenberg, the plush coverings of the wall that are still in use would be the marvel of any standard castle visit. A potted plant sits in the right, back, left corner of the room, a young tree with some sad pines (laughs) yeah not sad as in dying just like young (laughs) there's two doors one to the left and one to the right towards the back of the room almost at the back of the room and slightly to the right is a pedestal with a glass dome over the top of it inside the glass dome is a chunky rough stone Blue streaks of light run along each and every tiny crook, cranny, and crack of the stone, and it seems to pulse with energy.
4: The foundation stone, guys.
0: Ross is writing some quick notes on sticky pads as you enter. You notice that the chairs for human visitors are slightly taller than normal, so that visitors aren't made to feel too small as they sit in front of the tall, centaur-sized desk. But you still feel kind of small.
1: And we are going to feel small because we're even smaller than ordinary human size, because we are still children.
0: Everyone except for Jasper, yes. (laughs) Yeah. I'm quite tall, but still smaller than Ross. Hmm. Close the door behind you, thank you. And Eric
1: closes the door. I get the feeling the other two won't do that.
0: Well, you were the first to enter, so actually so you let them in be in front of you.
1: Do you let us in or do you just close it in front of us again
2: <laughs> before
0: we step in? I'm done with <laughs> you. Just just slap it.
2: <laughs> I just imagine the door goes open and then says the <laughs> foundation stone and then just
0: <laughs> close closed. Yes, canonically that is what happens. <laughs> no, bad That is else. the best that is that is the best possible uh, universe okay uh and then (laughs) sassily and jasper make their way in and uh we'll say that jasper closes the door behind the three of you (laughs) so he is finishing writing and the three of you are left to stand awkwardly silently in front of his desk but it's that thing where you're standing in front of the school principal and you know that you're not supposed to talk so just kind of stand there he finally takes a deep breath stops writing and takes you in with his piercing blue eyes. Tell me, children. Have you ever thought on the nature of magic? What is it? What do you think magic is? And he quickly writes another little note to himself. He's like crossing a T, dotting an I, sticking it over onto another pile.
3: Sassily looks to Jasper and to Eric, and looks to Ros Ehrenmann, and she's like, It's something that can make you fly.
0: Poetic. Not exactly what I was looking for, but in a sense, yes. Why not? There are many theories. I'm particularly fond of one. That magic is, at its most primal basis, magic is. And he finally looks up at you, and he's finished writing, and you can see that he's settled himself to really address you now. Magic is connection. You hear the capital C when he says this. We are all connected in a million ways to a million different aspects of the universe, each living being and creature. And we, as casters of magic, capable of changing the universe to our will, are connected to the source of that power, the material realm, its dark shadow. We casters are connected to the world itself. And it goes further. (laughs) Why are the Millers all renowned musician-magicians? And he smiles as he looks at Eric. Smiles a little bit back. Connection. What connection has caused Mr. Casper to gain his sudden magic acclivity? And a pixie elf with wings. An elf with wings. (laughs) It seems all things old are bound to become new. And after that moment... He seems to clear his head and say, I hear you are leading in Crystal Bearer points. Is that true? Yes, Mr. Ehrenmann. So far, for the time being. Yes. Quite interesting. The Crystal Bearer, that's a title that predates this school. Although, not this castle, and certainly not this ground. And he begins to walk out from behind his desk to address you more casually. And it was not a large group or class, but a small group of elite mages who were given this title. Those with the most promise. And what was their task? (laughs) To protect these grounds. It is interesting because, traditionally, this would have been a group apart from their peers. To stand as an example, granted special permissions by way of ritual ceremony, and you three are already set apart. Hmm although i'm sure we can remedy that you must be wondering about how we will sort out this whole shieldless situation
1: weighing the hat a little bit from side to side but not speaking
0: well we could use a window
4: <laughs> i don't care what shield i'm in actually now i just want to learn everything about magic i want to figure some things out i
2: think do you think i can become a bear shield because because lila and her friends oh there
0: Yeah, great. Are
4: you asking me? I think you could be a bear shield. Oh, thank you.
0: Well, I have a proposal. We will see how you perform this semester, and it is possible that you will be given the choice to choose your shields, or remain shieldless. As long as the amulet is not recovered, I will leave it in your hands. But first, we will wait until the dust has settled. Do you find that agreeable?
4: I'm fine with that.
0: I do. Yes, Mr. Ehrenmann.
4: Mr. Ehrenmann, what if I cannot decide which shield I want to be in, or if I ever know it, like, is it wrong to not have a shield?
0: Oh no, I don't suppose so. It's not as though every wizard in the world passes through Neutrachenberg, but traditions are important, and he settles back behind his desk. And it's important that we observe what we can, to, yes, honor those who came before us. Still... There are many traditions. There are many ways to create a path in this world. My path has not been so direct, as you might think. I am open to interpretation of blazing trails. And how are you finding the old servant's quarters? I know it's not the most up-to-date. Will it suffice for now? I could send someone down to update things down there.
3: And Sassily bites her lip. Um well <coughs> uh, guys
0: if you're f- finding everything comfortable then well
2: you know actually mr Ironman, two of our four uh, bedrooms they look like a mess like something really bad happened there hmm.
4: yeah um she looks at eric and she waits
3: and she looks at jasper she, she waits if they like agree because <laughs> they both know what she she is not <laughs> i know what you want to ask
1: he gives her a slight nod from his side in that case.
3: And she looks at Jasper?
1: He just points
2: at a furniture in the corner of the room and nods.
4: So, Mr. Ehrenmann, um, I have a question. So, um, down in the servant quarters, there, um, there's a little mirror table furniture thing. Um, it's close to the entrance and you cannot move it. You cannot move it at all. And we tried because we wanted to clean behind it. Yeah, we wanted to clean behind it and we couldn't. Um so we wanted to move it and we tried and we um we, we asked like people to help us moving it, but it's like it's enchanted. It's like it cannot move. And I'm yeah, I really wanna clean behind that. <clears throat> so um do you have an idea why you cannot move that?
0: Well, it sounds very strange indeed. I could come take a look at it if you want, but, you know, some things are better left unmoved. You shouldn't ask the question unless you truly want the answer, but I'll come take a look at it if you want.
4: I just think if there's, let's say, I mean, we had some Alps here on the ground, and I just don't want, like, let's say, behind that, I mean, it will not be probably, but behind that, a big gate, where evil people could come in and steal us away, you know, I would actually like to know that.
0: That seems very fanciful, Sassly, but I will try to assuage your fears.
4: Thank you so much.
0: Of course. And you hear a knock on the door. Well, I'm afraid there's another reason I had to call you here today other than talking about magic (laughs) and the shields. Come in.
1: We're going to get the McCool's.
0: And in walk the man and woman who are at the assembly. The councilwoman and the agent. Dang it! Oh, Even worse! (laughs) They stand off to the left side and wait for Ross to finish. They wait for him to give them a nod. The woman smiles at you kindly. The agent has an unreadable expression, but eyes that could bore right through you. As the last three people to see Flip or the Amulet of Intention, our guests have a few questions to ask you. Is that okay?
4: Sure, no problem.
0: Sure? Mm-hmm. The woman takes a step towards you. She says, Hi there. I'm Councilwoman Karen Korengar. Thank you for being available to help us. We've been searching any locations Flip might have run to for the last week, but we don't have any sign of him. We want to find him as quickly as possible, so we really appreciate your honesty and cooperation. I flip into Irish so fast doing that.
3: Is her name Korenga or Torenga?
0: Korengar. Okay. Karen. She takes a step back, and the man takes a step towards you, coming even closer. He flips open a badge from his inner jacket pocket, and you just catch the letters. M-A-N-A-R-C. Manark. Mamark. Mark. My mark.
2: Monarch.
0: <laughs> Some people might say monarch, but yes. <laughs> monarch. Everybody roll. I will let everybody roll investigation or world lore and tell me what you roll. Uh oh, it's both a minus one. So... It's it's both um bookishness. It's important for what information you will get. World lore.
3: I do investigation sixteen.
1: I go with a fifteen. I thought myself,
2: let's go for investigation since world lore is not that good for me. So I rolled a four.
3: (laughs) Good job. (laughs) Good job, Lucas.
0: (laughs) So, Eric, you succeed world lore and this makes sense. You're a person who pays attention. Maybe you've read a little bit about like current (laughs) events. You know that Monarch is the Magical North American Response Council. Sassly, with your high investigation rule, you catch the name on the badge agent carter and i'm agent carter from monarch as the last people to see the amulet before it disappeared you are persons of interest in locating it post haste that's brock's father ross takes a position off to the side (laughs) ross takes a position off to the side as the councilwoman and agent walk up on either side of the three of you The agent gestures with a heavy baton, and three chairs zoom from behind you, taking you off of your feet. Uh. You all plunk into the plushy cushions of Ross's nice red office chairs, but you don't feel comfortable as the adult eyes bore down on you. Um. Now, I've heard you were near the restricted section. What information was so important that you needed to head there after your first class? And the agent leans in close to Jasper. Welcome to your class for today. This is Interrogation 101. <laughs> oh. And to find out what he asks next, tune in next week to JK We're Rolling. Oh, no way.
2: Oh, I mean, it's good for Jasper, but oh no. JK
0: We're Rolling. Our Magician Master is Michael Moore. Sassly Mary Nature Spring is Nadine Kuhn. Jasper Casper is Lucas Fisher. Eric Miller is Sebastian Kinder. Theme song by Aaron Richard with additional music by Ethan Anderson. Cover art by Pascal Genie. Oh my goodness, folks, what a sticky predicament our unsuspecting students have found themselves in. Again. What questions will they be asked next time? Only time will tell. My only question for you brilliant wizards out there is, are you enjoying our show so far? Uh, If so, please head on over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. Every country only sees the ratings that people give us in that country, so every rating really helps a lot, wherever you are. And if you are feeling extra kind, you can even leave us a nice review. And thank you so much. We're hard at work making some extra content for you this month and getting that next episode of JK, it's D&D ready for our Patreon. So keep your eyes and ears ready, folks. There is magic coming in hot this cold December. And that's it for now. Until next time, keep your head brain sharp and your wand at the ready. See you later, I guess
1: we have to go somewhere. Right now?
0: Hey, good luck, you guys. (sighs) Yep, see ya.
4: Bye, Norton. Thank you.
0: Yep, everybody has filtered out, and, uh...
1: Here it is.
0: Lucky Guy's Burgers. Great. <laughs> Great! I hope that made it in there. I hope that made it on the recording. Yeah,
3: Siri is also playing with us. <laughs> I hope that. Oh my god! <laughs> um.
0: Anyways, uh, what was I saying? like guys, someone is following us. Someone is a ghost. <laughs>